<laughs> What's up, everyone? It's Randy Bruce from Survivor Now, your go-to source for international and U.S. Survivor. My team and I have been putting in the work to bring you even more content covering everyone's favorite competition show. We now offer more content than ever over on our YouTube page through our new subscription tier system. Sign up today for either our casual, superfan, or the tribe tiers to get exclusive content only available for our most committed listeners. Prices start at just 99 cents a month, and our top membership, the tribe, is only $5.99 a month. Come on, come on. You cannot beat that price for exclusive videos, interviews, and meet and greets with your favorite Survivor castaways. Head on over to our YouTube page to subscribe today. And don't forget to check out all of the content that we offer at www.survivornowpodcast.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Big Brother Now. Today, Jack, Will, and myself are going to talk all about the new HOH for Big Brother 25. This is week number, we're going on to week number three, and we got a lot to get into. So why don't we just go straight into it? We are post the Riley eviction. And here's something that I found really interesting about this episode is that Suri said the reason for keeping Cameron over Riley was because Cameron explicitly said to Izzy and Suri that he was going to target Hysum. Is that the only mm. reason that they chose to keep Cameron over Riley? No. And I it, it's it's kind of obvious because if you if you wanted someone that was going to target Hysum, then Riley is the exact person because it causes a lot more chaos in the house. It directs, you know, Hysum's whole arrogance towards one person. Um Honestly, I think they more believe that Cameron would be able to actually win the competition in order to take out Hysum. But it was also so negligible because everyone is going to target Hysum. So I, it didn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, Cam, like, I hate to say it, but there's a very implicit um, bias when it comes to Big Brother. And it's, I think a lot of times people automatically assume that white men are going to win competitions just because they are which isn't right and isn't a good way to think about it and isn't a respectable way to think about it um but if we're going on what the show believed as to why cameron you know was the one who actually stayed in my opinion i think he's actually kind of capitalizing on his pre-game strategy which was just be a rat and snake everybody like you know Last week, or I think it was week um, week one or even week two, Cameron ratted out the Young Guys Alliance, was totally against them, totally willing to jump with the old people. Hey, Felicia, Izzy, Sari, they want to target Hysum? I'm all for it. Let's get rid of Hysum. I think he'll do absolutely anything 
And I think that's a big reason why he stayed this week. And that was clear on the episodes and that was clear in the feeds too. Hmm. True. Yeah. I will say, I think that keeping Cameron for the reason of targeting Hysum actually is going to work out pretty well because, because Hysum really wanted Riley out. If Riley stayed, that was a huge red flag to Hysum that things were not going in his favor. So they need Hysum to feel comfortable in order to backdoor uh, to backdoor Hysum. So I see the logic there. I think when Suri was explaining it in the episode, it was just the very bare minimum reasoning of why keeping Cameron over Riley would have been more beneficial. But I do think the ultimate reason for it was that it wouldn't alarm Hysum. So I think good there. I understand it. I think they just have to commit to it because that plan has been voiced a lot in this house, even before the HOH competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like that, this has been kind of the thing that's building up. Like, so when it comes to big brother, you have the first HOH, which is just the first situation, how it plays out. The second HOH is often like very, very often a reaction to the first HOH. So it's either, um, like, hey, you you have an alliance. I'm going after you. Or, hey, you targeted me. I'm going after you. It's a reaction. The third HOH is where the game kind of takes shape. But sometimes it isn't. Sometimes there is such a pretty unanimous target <clears throat> that it's more of a reaction to the second HOH. And then it becomes chain reactions unless that HOH that stops that chain reaction event is a good HOH. And then we're on even playing field. Where do you think we are now uh, with the house? Do we think that one side is completely, do we think that it's completely lopsided between these two sides of the house? I, the other side needs to win a competition. That's what needs to happen because I feel like right now, one side is just winning 100% of the competitions outside of one HOH in week one. Um, and so competition-wise, it's very lopsided. However, there's still a lot of indecision and a lot of emotions and a lot of very sloppy gameplay on both sides of the house that any any advantage that one side does have is negligible and, and a good player can capitalize. Yeah, I mean, I think the competitions are so clearly the um, deciding factor here because, in my opinion, Will's opinion, I'm sure everyone's opinion, everyone's playing really bad. Like, everyone is really yeah. bad, and they're really playing with, like, their heads on plates and just running around. Like, they have no idea what's going on. And so comps are the deciding factor. And so when Hysum, admittedly, no one else has really won anything for – that one side but Heisem's winning all the comps and then Riley's only won one comp and Riley's gone kind of kind of the old people got got the advantage here however you know it's really a matter of if the competitions are evened out it's going to be a matter of who can play worse not who could play better who could play worse because whoever plays worse is going to get their side decimated when the other people start trying to win comps yeah, it, it makes me really nervous for what was the handful alliance, um, especially because you're right. I mean, we see, especially with the winner of this HOH, the power is not 
in their favor this week. Mm -hmm. So I actually really like this HOH competition. I thought it was fun. It's one of those like random ones. I was really nervous with the whole like nose theme. And then I remembered that we're doing like the whole vert, like the Humilaverse and the scary first thing. I've yet to see the comic verse in a competition, except for the yeah. first day, the first move in day. Um, I, I'm hoping for a bit more diversity in the verses as we move forward, because we're really only playing at two of them right now. Yeah. Are, are, are there any air avenues that we would like to explore with the whole verse situation in any of the future comps? I uh, just something, honestly. Yeah. I mean, the scary verse has been the scary verse is the theme of the pressure cooker since Julie teased that on Thursday night. So that's scary verse two weeks. So I'm guessing the scary verse is pretty important. Um, and Humiliverse was this week. So it's like, maybe just include the other universes? I don't know. I mean, that would be that would be a good start, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, th I mean, this comp is a classic. Like, um, this is the, you know, it's like pinball. You, yeah. you shoot a ball through obstacles and you land it in a hole, whichever one you score, whoever scores highest wins. Like, that is a classic Big Brother comp. Um, and so it was nice to see it again, even though we usually see it all the time. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, I do have a question for uh, Jack and Matthew. Now, Jack, on our last podcast episode, you mm -hmm. talked about and referenced um, the week three HOH being a very important one, right? Mm -hmm. And with the winner of the HOH competition being Felicia, do you believe that Felicia is going to be one of the main characters or players of Big Brother 25? Yes, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I, I do. I think that what i've seen out of felicia is that she is in a way immune to the sloppiness that has gone on um even pre-nomination with all of her allies she is a very controlled very smart player and i think it's a treat for us to see someone like that who was also incredibly enthusiastic and incredibly entertaining like we, we have a gift miss yep. felicia is a gift like th th there's no other way to say it felicia's gift because she's good at the game and she's entertaining like the point like that's his um i do think so <clears throat> i think that it's hard to kind of define the big players besides sari um izzy jared pretty much like that three are the big players um but I don't think Felicia is going to be outside of that ballpark um, much longer. I think that she's going to start to really become a really strong main player because, you know, she bonds well. And I think we've seen with this episode and we've seen with the feeds up to the point She's really good at making people feel comfortable with her. And game level, personally, whatever it may be, Felicia's got that sense to just be like, I got your back. We're good. Like, this is the plan. I trust you with it. We're going to do A-OK. -okay. Doing good. Doing good. Yeah, I'm with you, Jack. To me, Felicia has been number one on my favorite house guest list this season since day one. <laughs> You are right. She is casting gold, casting mm -hmm. gold. And I yep. think I love that we're going to get to see more from her this week as an HOH. I want to see her. It can't be this week. I, I get this, but I think she needs to get Izzy out. 
I do. I think she needs to become Ceri's number one eventually because, and listen, I think, I think Ceri does see Felicia as a number one, even more so than Izzy. That being said, uh, I think it needs to happen where Felicia or Izzy need to take a shot at each other eventually. And I'm going to be very, very entertained to see what happens out of that. I mean, I think the reason why Suri is closer to Izzy right now is just because, don't forget, that if if Suri does go against Izzy, then it's getting leaked that uh, her and Jared are mother and son. And that is bad news, and that will make Suri a huge target. So she kind of has to be number one with Izzy. When I feel like, honestly, Felicia is a better Alliance member, because Felicia isn't crying every three seconds. And, and, you know, worried about every little minute detail. Jack's laughing, but it's true. It's, no, I'm laughing because it's true. I mean, Felicia is, like, Felicia and Izzy are completely opposite people. Izzy is a strategic madhouse. Will run around the house like a banshee, like, just talking to everybody, game talk nonstop. And Felicia is very controlled game talk and very positive game talk. And I think the point... I'm making as to why I think Felicia is going to be a really strong player and why she's going to be super influential is because unlike her counterparts, she can actually fit in pretty nicely without a giant ball and chain on her ankle, you know, cause Suri is Suri. Like Suri can bond with anybody. Suri's fine, but she's also got Izzy like attached to her hip and Izzy's not good at that. So <clears throat> having that is tough, but Felicia is, you know, Felicia has Suri and Felicia trusts Suri, and that's going good, but Felicia's got it. And Felicia can just bond with them. I, I remember a specific scene. Felicia was bonding with America, and this was last week, and America feels great about Felicia. No problems there. Like that, hmm. Again, I think Felicia is doing pretty pretty good right now honestly like pretty perfect and i think third hoh is always a good one to win but you know if this goes well then you know she's got a shot for sure yeah yeah felicia is definitely one to look out for i think the connections that she's been making with people we see illustrated in this episode how she breaks the news of certain people of jack and cameron going on the block how she breaks the news to them is a very very wonderful wonderfully social socially aware way of breaking the news to them without it um without it uh disrupting everything uh we'll talk more about that when we get to sort of the decisions going into the nominations but i i feel i love felicia i feel so bad but it's also so great for us that her hoh comes with a punishment which is that Every time Big Brother tells her to go into the backyard, she has to bring a friend, which actually works in her favor. She still gets to be like, hey, let's do this. Let's go get snotted. Let's go get slimed. She brings a friend to the backyard and they uh, get sneezed on. Um, they get slimed. It's it's basically just slime if you, you know, it was slime. And uh, I thought this was really fun. We get the, you know, like Big Brother does, they like to interrupt a lot of the main things going on in the house or wake them up at three in the morning to do it. Um, and Felicia's just so entertaining that it's it doesn't get old. It doesn't. And I don't think it ever will. I mean, I, I just think Felicia is timelessly funny. And I think, again, like you said, Matthew, casting gold. Like, I don't, I don't think you can get really any better than that. I think she's the oldest 
oldest woman to play Big Brother. Big yeah. Brother internationally, Big Brother domestically too. Like, not yeah. I mean, I don't think like perfect. Nothing you can do better on that. Like that that angle, yeah. you're good. That was awesome. We well, love Felicia. We do, but someone who is not very happy with Felicia's win here is Blue. I think Blue is at a very defeated place. Riley was just evicted. We see that Riley did inform her alliance. If we don't have the numbers, y'all have to vote for me, you know, and just, I think they all did the right thing in that situation. Uh, Cause now they're a little bit more hidden at this point, And it's not like they were overtly going against the house. Um, Hysum is not worried at all. He is very, very relaxed. He says, I have nothing to worry about with Felicia as the HOH. And we see more of that uh, lack of awareness from Hysum as he talks game strategy. Um, and honestly, as he just tries to connect with people uh, in the house, but in this episode in particular, we see that he talks over Felicia when she's trying to explain what she wants her plan to be this week. Let's say let's table blue for a little bit later when we get to the nomination kind of discussion because I think that's actually important because I said in the last ep the last uh, podcast episode blue's in trouble blue yeah. blue isn't really bonding well with a lot of people she she's definitely in trouble so we'll table that for later but yeah I mean Heisem's just full delusion at this point <laughs> like Heisem is. I love it. Like I, I again, like I've I've voiced my opinion. I want Heisen to stay. I want Heisen to be the first juror, second juror. Like I'm totally cool with that. Um, but he like they're. I think they're going through with this. I don't think this is smoke and mirrors. Like I don't think this is an editing trick. Like as it seems, especially on this episode, it seems like Heisen is gearing up to be backdoored. So if he doesn't win, if he doesn't get picked for a veto. Bye-bye. <laughs> you know, it's funny because in the episode, he says how he doesn't want to get picked for veto. He wants his alliance members to win competitions to take the threat level off of him. And that's the thing. It's like you get to a point where you can't diminish your threat level, right? Like you can't, you can't hide at that point, right? You just have yeah. to revel in your comp prowess and just be proud of it, right? Yeah. <sighs> I love his song. He's so messy. He's so messy. We're, we're, we'll talk. We'll, um, Michael Bruner from last season. I love Michael. He was my favorite last season. Um, at the point when he won four vetoes and an HOH, I think he really like actually said to himself, "Just like okay, at a certain point, throwing competitions doesn't matter because if I'm already a threat, why would I just throw competitions? If people are already going to target me because I'm good at competitions, like." Why would I? Why would I do that? You know, like why? Why? Why would I just throw competitions anymore? I'm just gonna keep gunning, gunning for them. I don't think Kasam is at that point yet. I mean, one HOA to two videos is pretty good, and it is like the hottest start in Big Brother history. But like, you know, I think the the biggest reason why he's just in the position he is is because he's so unknowingly condescending and so incredibly just delusional even with yeah. his own allies that I think that he, he dug his own grave trying yeah. to be himself. And, you know, like, I think he leaned into that whole, like, doctor, nurse kind of field a little bit, and he just totally just bottomed himself out. Yeah. I have to say, I don't see Heisem winning this game. I think that... No, no. 
at this point, he's unfortunate. Unless he has a massive uh, transformation in that house where he sees the errors of his ways and he apologizes for it and makes like an actionable change Mm -hmm. in his gameplay and also in his social skills, I don't see it happening. Even if he gets to the end, even if he has played a masterfully strategic game, I think that he's rubbed everyone so far the wrong way at this point that it would be really hard to argue his case yeah at at the same time too though if we're going with that timeline sorry jack by the way earlier it's funny how we're talking about hisam over uh talking over people and i'm doing the same to you i'm not apologizing um but i feel like he gets to a certain point though where he kind of is able to own it if we're going by that timeline of him like being an a-hole and then making it to the end right but uh i wanted to talk about transformations because i honestly believe we're seeing a heel turn in the felicia serene izzy group i feel like they've been they're becoming more villainous i think they're becoming more comfortable in the house and their own dynamics and they're they understand that they're right now in the number one position and I feel like they're just getting a little too cocky and it's leaving, you know, the, the remnants of the handful lines. They're, they're now underdogs, you know, yeah. which is crazy with how the week one dynamics were. But- Undeniably, I think that Suri, Izzy, and to an extent Felicia have definitely been the power players so far in the season, regardless of who's won HOH, who's won video. Like, they've been the power players. They've been doing all of the heavy lifting feeds-wise, episode-wise. Um, I want to talk about Serene Izzy, not together, apart. Izzy is a strategic mess. Izzy is all over the place. So we don't like, she's the same guys. Like, don't worry about it. Izzy's just still Izzy, but I've seen people. And I think this is, I'm sorry. This is the dumbest take I've ever seen. Cause it's just not true. I've seen people compare Izzy to Vanessa Russo from big brother 17. And I'm like, What? Like, a little bit, a little bit. I'll say we haven't seen enough yet. We haven't seen enough. No, 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 no. Like, make that distinction. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to preemptively say no. I don't think it's happening. Um, Vanessa Russo was able to pull the mist over anybody at any time through a brutish and bold strategy. Easy can't even be friends with Riley. (laughs) Like, that. Yeah. There you go. There you go. That's not Vanessa Russo. Um, but I've seen people make that. I think it's dumb. Guys, this is not Vanessa Russo. Okay. She's like discount Vanessa Russo. Like Bud Light. Like she's Vanessa Light. Um, Let's see. Let's see. When she gets some power, if she can influence something. Listen, her and Suri have been... Uh, let's let's talk about the Riley vote for a second. I know we, you know, Riley's been the topic of conversation these past couple of weeks, but the the flipping and flopping between Riley and Cameron was purely uh, Suri and Izzy. Tr- and uh, let me know if there's anyone else involved. I missed the feeds that week, but pretty that much was just, yeah. they were basically saying, okay, well, is this good for our game? Game is this not? And then everyone else was just like, just tell me what it is. And the fact that they have this much power definitely puts them in a position where we are rooting for other people to get some power to at least make it a little bit more difficult for Suri and Izzy moving forward, just so the game is more interesting. Yeah. 
We'll see with Izzy. Uh, you know, all, all we can hope is that she becomes the next Vanessa Russo. Um, but Suri, everybody loves Suri, and everybody wants to be like Suri's the go- Suri's awesome. Suri's gonna be the goat. Suri's fantastic at everything she does. She's good, but you cannot deny that the past week or so, Suri hasn't been that clean of a player. In fact, she's played pretty messy. She's been flip-flopping votes every day. She's been lugging Izzy around, and she's made mistakes on her own, too, when talking with other people. I can't remember a specific instance, but I've seen a couple occasions where Suri kind of has fumbled the bag. And, you know, that's not the Suri you want to see. I think we get a very clean, cut, edited version of Suri every time we watch Survivor. Like, we wanted raw Suri. This is raw Suri. And it's not sunshine and rainbows every single minute with this Suri. Well, it's, it's also a different game. So let's actually go through and talk about the scenes that we saw this week in this episode. And maybe Will and Jack, maybe the three of us can try to put together some of the other things that we saw on the feeds to sort of fill in the blanks a little bit. So mm-hmm. we get Izzy and Suri talking about backdooring Hysum, and they pitch that to Felicia. And the idea is that they're going to put up Cameron. They haven't really talked about Jag, or we didn't see that in the episode, but they're going to say we're going to put up Cameron, so Cameron has the best shot at winning, and then we'll put Hysum up as the replacement. And Felicia has an interesting uh, cutaway where she talks about her diary diary room session where she says, you know, do I play for the house or do I play the game for me? I feel like Felicia does want the Hysum backdoor plan as it relates to her game. I don't see her doing it just for the sake of Serene Izzy. I do think she actually thinks that's her best move right now. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think Felicia is a hundred percent like, this is the best move for me. But again, I like, I will get to it, but I want to talk about how Felicia was able to talk Mm. to the, like how she was able to bring across a tough subject and get people like, you know, We'll talk about that in a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it's out of Felicia's game at all to do what Suri and Izzy are striving for because that's obviously a trust builder. You know, it's like, hey, you guys trusted me, you guys kept me safe week one. Let me put, let me, let me restore faith. Let me put faith into you guys. When I win power, let's do, let's work together. Let's do what we want together. And I think that was clear. And I think Felicia's playing exactly how she needs to to establish that with Serena Izzy, for sure. Yes, yeah, she's she's balancing that line perfectly. And th- then we get that conversation where um, uh, Felicia is talking to Hysum, and Hysum basically is just like, let me tell you what I want, uh, and doesn't give Felicia a chance, really, to sort of do her thing. But Felicia knows this. And she's like, I'm just going to pretend like I'm agreeing with his plan, right? He says, put Jag up. I can do that. Jag can go up next to Cameron. Hmm. Do we think that these are the right two to put up initially? I'm team, if we're on a backdoor Hysum, I think that any combination works. I think everyone's pretty on board for the backdoor. But I think it's believable that Jag and Cameron would be on the block. I think it's I think it's totally reasonable. I think the only other person that honestly you could put up is Matt 
Um, you could put a Matt, but honestly, Matt's light. Like, I don't see a point in yeah. nominating Matt at this point. I don't think for any reason. I just think Matt is a light person. Once he wins, like, one competition, everyone's going to be like, all right, Matt's got to go. He's done. Yeah, like, w- win one, he's gone. Um, yep. But I think Jack and Cameron's perfect. Um, Jag and Riley were number ones, and that was pretty. That was pretty clear. That wasn't a very hidden thing. It was very, very clear. Um, and Cameron's proven himself to be a pawn star. Either of them winning the veto is fine because that means someone's coming off the block, and they're both. While Cameron has, we haven't really seen it from Cameron. Jack could be pretty good. Jack could be pretty good to competitions. We we don't know. So one of them coming off the block is a good enough move. So again. As long as Heisum doesn't play the veto, everybody wants it to happen, so the veto will be used. That is how the backdoor works. If there's an alliance, like an eight-person alliance, it gets an eight-person alliance, and there are two nominees from the alliance, and there's one person that's not from that alliance that's playing, and they know that a backdoor is going to happen, they are going to win the veto, and they're not going to use it. Like, it's one person. When everybody's against one person... If that one person doesn't get picked, it's game over. Exactly. So I, I agree too. I feel like the the nominations it was just very standard. It wasn't necessarily great or or terrible. It's just what you would expect. It's what anyone would do um, for a heist and backdoor. And again, everyone is in on the backdoor. So you know, mm-hmm. there's no point in getting your hands bloody by putting up someone like Matt, who's very liked and and respected in the house. Yep. And they better hope that Heisem's not selected to play in this veto competition for a couple of different reasons. We Heisem has said he's not interested in winning future competitions because he doesn't want to paint a bigger target on his back. But let's even say that he feels like he has to win it for his alliance, like um, everyone else does poorly, and he would feel like, uh, you know what, to keep the nominations the same, I have to go for this, I have to protect my alliance. He could win, you know? Like, he he would do it if it meant... I guess what he would think as protecting his alliance. So we'll see what happens. We obviously do know the veto players. We're not going to talk about that at this moment, just because we are recapping this episode. However, if you are joining us, if you want to leave us a, a comment in our live chat, if you're a subscriber to our channel, you can use the live chat and we'll be happy to talk about things from the live feeds that we may not have seen on this episode uh, a little bit later after we're done recapping. So I just wanted to flag that there. Live chats are open to subscribers for the Sunday episodes and the Wednesday episodes. And then on Thursdays, you have to be a member of the Subscriber Now membership tiers. Just one of the tiers will do. And though the information about how to join is right down below. So let's keep going. We get a segment about a showman's. Yay. Oh, obligatory. Obligatory Grodner. Uh, there's always got to be content about showmances. Keeps the keeps the keeps the kids happy. Is this the showmance you really want to show, though? Like, I get it's the big one, like the main one that they're hyping up, but like, it's weird. Like, they don't like. I'm sorry. If you don't again, this is a situation. You don't watch the feeds. You're missing out. Jared and Blue are nuts. Not Blue. Blue's fine, but Jared is kind of a little bit of a psycho um, when trying to get with Blue. And I think it's um, off-putting, to say the least. Um, 
Yeah, it's 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 not it's not great, but you know they want to show us this. It's Grodner, Grodner's uh, desire. It could be worse. I I I think why they might be doing this is because we do know from the feeds. This isn't really a major spoiler as to like who has what positions, but what we have seen is that Blue has been receiving minor hints from Jared about. Uh, a possible twist, possible Jared's relationships in the house. So we have been seeing him sort of have loose lips around blue. So I feel like that may be why the focus on this, I'm going to put in quotes, showmance is starting to form for that story purpose. We'll see if that actually becomes anything. Um, But I just wanted to slide that hint out there that, Things like this have been happening on the live feeds. Uh, and it's going to be very interesting to see how they portray this moving forward. Um, I also want to hear way more from Blue about what's going on in her mind in regards to what this showmance means to her and what uh, how she hopes uh, this is going to be for her game moving forward. Because we, you know, we sort of heard a little bit from her. I got the sense that her diary diary room sessions were a bit edited out like 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 edited out of context into things by the way mm-hmm. that it was this episode so we'll see we'll see i i want to hear more from blue um and then we also get uh Fel- here we go jack this is felicia informing jag and cameron that they are pawns and that the target is high she did this so wonderfully she made yep. them feel like they were crucial to this plan and she also was had a lot of empathy for them it was incredible. It is. I mean, I want to hop back to Blue just for a second. I, I talked about Blue um, on Thursday. It said Blue was in a bad spot. Um, you know, so far she's good. <laughs> so, you know, maybe if this is her angle to show match with Jared, then, hey, it it's, it could work out for her. It could totally work out for her. Okay, I'll stop talking about Blue. Um, yes. Felicia tells Jag and Cameron that they are pawns this week. Um, and she does it very, very well. The key, when you're telling people they're going on the block, I mean, it's a very tricky subject. It's one of the trickiest things you have to do in Big Brother. If you want to be an honest player, you want to be stand-up, You like telling people they're on the block is one of the trickiest. It's probably one of the hardest things to do in the game. Probably, one of, probably the hardest, honestly. Like I, I can't really think off the top of my head of harder decisions where you're actually informing people that you're doing something. Like that's a very tough, very tough decision, and it's very tough to carry out. Felicia does it very well. Um, right away, she she doesn't she doesn't throw bullshit. She doesn't like. So how do you feel this week? Do you feel safe? Are you confident in the house? Like she doesn't throw out shit. She's been yeah, she's not being highsome. Yeah, exactly. She's like, look, here's what I think. I think this is what you need to do, and this is what I need to do to make sure that what we want, not what I want, what we want, happens this week. And then obviously the person's going to be like, well, I don't want to be on the block. I don't want to be on the block. I don't want to be a pawn. And then Felicia, the empath, comes out and be like, look, I'm sorry. I, un- I understand how you feel. I think that's a key point to why Felicia did it so well. Is that Felicia had experience? Felicia was on the block yeah. come eviction. She knows it well. She can say it. 
it's not like she's never been on the block. Say, I know how you feel. No, you don't. When you're on the block, and then you become HOH, and you have to put people on the block, you do know how they feel. Mm -hmm. And so that is such a key point into bringing someone in to feel like, okay, being a pawn isn't the thing I want to do as a part of this plan, but I'm willing to do it to get it done so that they can convince themselves that it's a good move and it's something to throw on the resume. Something small, but something to throw on the resume. Not just that too, though. I feel like Felicia's overall just demeanor, her constant presence is just very calming, right? And I, it, I think that's that plays a big role um, into how she's able to get away with these really hard conversations. Meanwhile, you know, someone like uh, Heisum, you know, very rigid, very cold as a person. Not, I'm sure he's a nice person, but very cold. Just tell you, telling you how you, blah, 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 telling you how it is and dictating conversations like you know like a, and hitting them like a truck you know meanwhile felicia is very very soothing very calm mm -hmm. tells you how it is but also relates to you and is the empath as jack powell said thank you yeah. i feel like she is that fine balance now we had riley who was all the way over here we had Heisem, who was all, all the way over here in terms of how they played the game. And now we have Felicia, who was like, just right. There is strategy. There is empathy. And so far, so good with her HOH based on what we are seeing. So she does tell Jag and Cameron that they are pawns and that Heisem is the target. Um, this is also good because if Jag and Cameron compare notes, they both know, okay, you know, we both are the pawns. It's not like one of those things where it's like, oh, we're both the pawns, but who's the target type of thing. So that worked out nicely there. Yep. And, and then we get the nomination ceremony. This is, this is the only place where we don't know what was edited out of the episode, but I think this is the only place where Felicia may have lost just a couple of HOH strategy points from me personally, is when she didn't give, and I don't think Heisen picked up on this. Like I think his unawareness really got in the way here but she didn't give concrete reasons why she was putting Jag and Cameron on the block. And I think if she just said something along the lines, we don't know what didn't make it into the episode, but if she said something along the lines of, um, you know, just in terms of the conversations I've been having with people, having you two on the block is what's best for my game. I think it, 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 it didn't seem to make any sirens go off in Heisem's head, but and so it's good. So it's really not even worth saying anymore. But that's the only thing where I feel like it could have because she didn't really provide a reason for why they both were going on the block in the first place. It's as easy as saying, look, this is the best for my game right now. I have nothing but respect for the both of you. Done. That could be the only reasoning for your nominations. It could be like 10 seconds long and you just saved goodwill. You are great. You are a nice and great um, uh Dem democratic HOH. You're totally cool. Um, yeah, she loses a couple points. I think it's okay. I mean, oh, yeah. when considering that everybody's against Heisem and Heisem's so unaware that it's blinding, like, I think it's fine. I, I think letting it slip, like, again, I don't think anyone yet is great. I think Felicia's good. I don't think she's great. I don't think yeah. anybody's great yet. You have to really prove yourself in that house, either from day one all the way to the end, or you got to really build into it to be great. And 
no one's played that day one. I'm going for the big one, except for AZ, of course. But, um, you know, I think everybody else is just on their way to greatness as long as they're playing right. And a minor slip up, I think it. I think it's fine. I think yeah. you let it slide. It is absolutely not going to affect anything. Just thought I would throw it out there. Um, but overall, I thought pretty good episode. We talked a lot about the gameplay, and that's really what we are here to do is really focus in on the gameplay. But we did get um, a really nice moment with Matt where he was talking to Izzy and Suri about his experience as a man who is deaf uh, in the Big Brother house, but also in life. And it was very, very great to see Suri even talk about how she never even really considered what that might have felt like for Matt to not fully feel as included in the house. And I think Suri may have started to realize, um, you know, really what Riley was to him and even what Kirsten was to Matt when Kirsten was still in the house, people who were including him in things uh, and making him feel a part of the house. And I hope that they can, you know, that, people are now more aware to continue to include him. Yeah. I mean, I, in my opinion, I think, I mean, Matt is obviously like the jock stereotype. Like he's a Adonis, like obviously. Um, but I think Matt is probably, in my opinion, the one of the most or the most likable of that stereotype I've seen. Yeah. I, and I don't think it's just because of the story. I mean, his story is very touching and I think it's very awesome to see him coming in here and, you know, he's doing a, doing a good job. He's doing a fine job. Um, I think he's just a good person. And I think a lot of that comes from his upbringing. And I, thought, I think a lot of that comes from what what's happened in his life and how to be humble and how to be very um, just open and available to everyone. And I think that's what yeah. makes him such an appealing and such an awesome person to watch, such a nice person to watch. Like, you go on, um, you go on Joker's uh, Joker's rankings. It is a site I get all my BB Live feed recaps from there. Um, if I can't watch the feeds, um, and there's also House Guest rankings. That's been number one for like two weeks. Like, like, not, yeah, that's been number one for like two weeks, and I don't see a reason why that shouldn't be the case. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's really touching to see this. But I also can't help but feel this is maybe a slight response to a little bit of the controversy last week with the mm -hmm. audio-focused competition showing this to buy some goodwill. Yeah, Can't help but feel like there's a little bit of that. You know what? There's, yeah. Yeah. There's always going to be that, though. And I really, mm -hmm. I really hope this is just a sign from CBS that they're going to have more inclusive challenges. I hope. I really do because they just dropped the ball, but you know, we'll, we'll see. It's only week three still. Mm -hmm. Still and, a lot of gameplay left. And Jack, when you were talking about the, the, the stereotype that the cast typically fills in these things, just for anyone who doesn't, uh, may not know how reality television casting has worked in the past, what typically has happened is more so in the past than is now we're sort of getting out of it, but is that people would be cast to fill a very specific archetype of a person. So you would see like a jock, you would see like a, a nerdy person. It was, it's stuff mm -hmm. like that. It's basically like if you were a fan of total drama Island, um, the characters that appear on there is sort of like archetypes that were based off of how casting in reality television had worked up until a certain point. Yeah. 
It's very different for Survivor and Big Brother. I think Survivor leans a little bit less into the archetypes overall. There's still archetypes present, um, and they can be attributed, but I think it's a lot less prevalent. Big Brother archetypes have been heavy for a long, long time. Um, two of the most, well, one's very good, and one was fine. Um, the nerd stereotype. Ian Terry and Steve Moses, BB14, BB17. Um very good at competitions for HOHs each for them. Um, yep. Very, very strong, very knowledgeable about the game, um, you know, one in big fashion, things like that. And you have, oh, God, let's. Um, There's always a the dad, like a mom, like an older mom or older dad archetype yep. in every season. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's going back to like Felicia for a second. I was really happy that. Uh, felicious game player because the dad and like older person archetype is usually just someone who's coast by is always in the like weird uh outcast uh, minority alliance but just somehow survives into like the final five because they never win channel competitions but felicia has been proving us wrong because she is that good at big brother she's awesome but yes Big Brother stereotypes are very common, and they happen a lot. And it's hard to define with some people, but a lot of people, it's very, very easy to define. So when I talk about Matt being a jock, it makes it makes sense because that archetype is in every season. Like, I, Christian last season, BB-22, like Cody, Tyler, all those people. Um, BB-21, Jackson Mickey, BB-20, Tyler again, Brett, Winston, like, you have yeah. all these people every single season. You have some kind of jock in there. Um, and that's just how Big Brother is. That's just exactly how it is. And unfortunately, I don't think that reality will ever change. I think the diversity with it will change. I think there could be some absolute ripped female bodybuilders in the house soon, which I would be ecstatic to see. Um, yeah. But I don't think that's um, the jock diverse or the stereotype diversity is really going to change. I think just the people that fit those stereotypes are going to morph, switch around as Big Brother goes on. It's, it's, it's all very fascinating. There's there's a lot. Um, I'm sure there's a bunch of like YouTube essays about how reality television has been cast in the mm-hmm. past. Um, probably. probably. I want to ask both of you, uh, without major spoilers, unless anyone in our live chat wants any, um, any highlights, lowlights from the feeds that you two want to talk about? I know that there have been some, there's been some funny things that have been going on. Uh, I'll let you start, Jack. I've been, I've been busy, start? So I haven't been able to watch the feats as much. I've been busy. Okay. Um, I'm going to go into a spoiler warning. So I'm, I'm effectively putting down the barrier. Spoiler warning. Um, I think it's only like a day after nomination, so it's like not too much. But effective spoiler warning. I will be spoiling things. You may see it on the episodes. You may not. Um, okay. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. Okay. We're good. Yep. Apparently, America's not playing as good as we thought. Because uh-huh. the cracks have been starting to form with the way she's been playing and the way she's been talking to people. To the, Not like condescendingly, not like high zoom at all. But she hasn't made concrete enough 
inroads apparently to the point where now she's on the potential target list for next week. Like like the general target list for next week, which which is baffling. Which is baffling because we were singing her praises a couple days ago and now it's so America joins the group of herself, Red, Bowie Jane, and I think Blue, you can probably throw Blue in there, of the four people that are most likely to be generally targeted next week. Those oh, four no. are the most likely targets. We, like, we, we knew Blue was not going to – Blue was still going to be in a pretty iffy, bad spot. Um, Bowie Jane – just kind of floating around, like I know we talked and seeing, like, hey, but Bo- Bo- maybe Bowie Jane's hiding some crazy ninja stuff, and maybe if Bowie Jane gets nominated, then hey, there you go. Um, we've talked about Red being a good player, but Red has played the middle to the point where nobody really knows where he is, and he isn't solidly with anyone. And then America's just been playing poorly, apparently, which we didn't think. Um, so it's a very um, – what I think the gist of it is, is it's starting to become a more open um, week four. Like it's starting to become a very open next week. Like a lot of more things can happen. It's not as concrete as we're back throwing Heisem. We're going to get rid of Riley. Like it's not cookie cutter anymore. It's all right. We got a few options now. It's really up to the individual. Can I ask a question right before Will says anything? Is it more so that they are just thinking of potential targets, which happens to be a specific group of people that they're not working with, which is why it's easy for them to poke holes in the games of them? Or is it is there is there literally fault in America's gameplay from what you've seen, Jack? I think there's both. Um, I don't think there's a concrete target yet. I don't think there's a concrete like, okay, this person is terrible. We're all against her. Like, they're gone. Um, I don't think there's any of that yet. I think they're... However, have been clear indications that I'll provide an example. Um, I've seen a lot of conversation um, from a lot of fans today that America has been hanging out with Jag a lot this week. Jag isn't really the most interconnected, especially since he was very clearly with Riley. Um, so America kind of visibly associating herself with the enemy has put her in a very bad light. And some people just like to twist that and aren't really a fan. Um, and I want to talk about one more thing because uh, I want to bring up um, Blue again because I forgot to mention that Blue is actually, actually becoming kind of a target now as well. Um, it's not just, oh, Blue's in a generally bad spot. No. Um, Sari doesn't, Sari doesn't want Jared. Sari wants Jared to abstain. No... No intercourse until marriage, Jared. You hear that? Whip him. Whip, just, whoosh, you, listen. Sari tells Jared, don't you dare. Because Sari wants Blue out. Sari doesn't really think that Blue is someone that's good for her game. I mean, obviously, she wouldn't do anything that's not good for her game. But Sari has seen Blue and Jared get very close. She doesn't like that. She does not like that one bit. And I think that Sari is like, all right, I think we got to get rid of Blue soon. There's also a part of that where, you know, when we talked about this, Jared's a bit of a tell- tattletale. He can very easily reveal that secret. 
and then it's game over. So Cerise probably trying to get rid of that. Like Jared, you can have your friends, you can have the people that you talk with, but don't get too close with anybody. Don't get too. It's just me. It's just me. You're just playing with mom. You're just playing with mom. You can be fine with Izzy because Izzy's literally like my, you know, like stay there, Izzy. You're fine. Um, but don't, don't don't get too close with anybody. You get too close with anybody, I'm gonna have to take him out. No, no, no. It's me and you. Which, honestly, I'm not the biggest. Like, imagine being Jared, where you can't really have your own game because no matter what, you're going to follow your mom, who is a survivor legend. Like, I kind of feel bad for Jared if Jared wasn't like weird but jared's weird so i don't feel as bad i think that's the best way to describe this cast it's just weird this whole game is weird it's week three but i feel like we've all aged like we've just saw two months of big brother and we're like in the end game like we're talking about all these different you you know changed plans and how nothing is ever certain when it's we're still in the pre-jury and that's the one thing that we didn't really like we, t- we, we touched on it a little bit, but, like, the, the plans, they change a lot, and then they go back to where it's supposed to be. So even though, you know, right now the, the goal is to backdoor Heisem, there's been about 30 conversations, and between conversation 2 to 29, Heisem was safe, right, with all these other targets. It only took until conversation 30 where they're like, all right, never mind, guys. We should really just backdoor Heisem. Mm-hmm. Kind of like last week between Cameron and uh, Riley. It's nuts. Like, I think the thing with Big Brother is the balance between the feeds and the episodes. Because the episodes tell one story and the feeds tell another. <clears throat> Sometimes when the feeds are bad and they're not that entertaining, the episode is just like, oh, hey, that's cool. We got to see their insights. You know, we got to see the competitions more. That's cool. That's fun. Um, and so it's a general, like, just balance but when the feeds are really really good the episodes look really really bad like the feeds are chaotic it's all the time you got to be on it to make sure you know what's going on with the episodes you don't get that vibe you get it's very controlled and it's very chill and you know it makes for bad episodes if you're not a feeds watcher, if you're just a casual who watches just the episodes, you might not be having as much fun with yeah. this season, which is unfortunate because it's really, really good. I mean, or there's an argument to be made that you don't know what you're missing. So you might just be happy just watching all the silly, goofy stuff that's happening yeah. and the and minimum amount of strategy that the show is willing to present at this time. I do yes. think that they might big brother moving forward it might be worth uh, a look at altering the format just slightly to somehow be able to fit a little bit more of the game talk into their episodes i think we always you know it's 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 so you know three episodes a week that's amazing so much content but they are very limited to what they're able to show because they have to show very they have to hit certain check uh check marks each week and the way that they have to get there is uh, very, very specific. You know, we talk about all the flip-flopping happening. That could be a full five more episodes to, of entertainment right there, just seeing how they go from this decision to that decision to, uh, you know, having a, having a small fight to figuring out that what's best for them is this. So 
they might alter the format moving forward. Let's see if that's something that they're interested in doing. We'll see how ratings go for this season. But I mean, listen, pressure cooker. We have until mm. Thursday to see oh, this. Oh, and so excited. I'm just holding on for that. So with that, I think we're going to call it here. Again, just a very small recap. We have Felicia, who is the HOH. She has nominated Jag and Cameron for eviction with a backdoor plan for Hysum. So we are going to see who gets picked for the veto competition, who wins the veto competition, and if Hysum will, in fact, be put on the block, all happening on Wednesday. Again, you have to be a subscriber in order to live chat with us for the uh, HOH and the veto competitions and on thursdays to talk to us about the eviction episode like will and jack are pointing right now go ahead and join uh one of our members if you are able to but of course if you are unable to at this moment no problem liking this video leaving comments subscribing that's all another great way to support the channel so with that we are going to see you on wednesday <laughs>